The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. It is go time. Here we go. Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. 60 minutes, and it's going to be packed. On the way, tax preparation versus tax planning. There's a huge difference. Ask Annex coming up with questions about I-bonds, about pensions, and is this a bad time to retire with all the volatility? I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky is our Chief Investment Officer. Welcome. Thank you, Danny. Dave Spano is our President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Welcome to you. Yeah, Danny. You know, all the volatility and some fear in the market. You know, one of the things that we look at is this fear and greed index, folks, and it goes from 1 to 100, 1 being an awful lot of fear, 100 beans, an awful lot of greed. We got down to a 6 to begin the week. Right. I mean, that triggered on, on Wednesday near the market lows and rebounded to 12 by the end of the week. But it does really illustrate the level of angst that people have been feeling in the investment markets, not just in the fixed income markets, but also in the equity markets. And I guess one bright spot of this week was that the S&P 500 almost entered bear market territory on Thursday, but a strong close and a very strong close to the end of the week basically got us out of that. And to explain almost entering bear market, generally considered a bear market when it is in more than 20% decline from peak to trough, 19.9% it got. And you think maybe the computers kicked in and started buying. But folks, the world's changed, right? I mean, we, we've gone through a lot of these different situations. Obviously, we had the pandemic most recently, which obviously changed the investing world. But the most significant thing that we have seen in recent memory, of course, is the Federal Reserve changing policy to the most generous that they've ever been to trying to take the punch bowl away. Absolutely. I mean, the Fed has telegraphed two more 50 basis point rate hikes in the coming meetings. That would basically be playing catch up with what the bond market has already done, which is one of the reasons why we contend that Perhaps the uh, bond market is overdoing it a bit because the Fed will ultimately focus on data. And we are seeing signs of a slowing economy, reductions in earnings estimates and the like. So the the effect of the higher rates is clearly slowing growth. Okay. And so let's talk about the uh, markets doing what they're doing, particularly the bond markets versus the Federal Reserve. So, of course, the markets trade on their own be based on a number of factors. The Federal Reserve is really trying to play catch up to what the bond market has done. So the interest rates have spiked faster than the Fed has responded. Of course, the Fed spoke last week and said a 50 basis point hike was in the works as well as two more down the road. But what they did do, of course, is they took a 75 basis point hike off the table, which was interesting to the markets. And it was kind of a violent response to that. Well, you know, the Fed is really has a credibility problem. I mean, I think any number of times, Dave, you mentioned that you felt, you know, why is the Fed continuing to buy mortgage-backed securities when housing prices are ripping to the the upside. Uh, we're nearing 3.6% unemployment and the like. And that, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, that clearly was a mistake on their part. So they, you know, the fear is by some that they're going to try to overreact in the opposite direction, which could lead to a Fed policy error, which could tip us into a, a brief recession, possibly by, you know, middle to end of this year. And that's what we're all watching. But of course, the Federal Reserve was late to a reaction. And again, they went to their most generous monetary policy in history to taking this away. Now, 
those conditions that they put forward, Derek, were not supposed to be permanent. But folks who have been investing, particularly over the last decade, are going to have what's called recency bias and just remember that all of this free money was flowing and that is going to change. And the reason why it's going to change is because inflation is deeper and stronger than what we expected. And, and the elements of inflation that we track the most, owner equivalent rent and wage growth, continue to be moving higher. And those tend to be sticky on the upside. In other words, they tend to persist for a period of time. While some of the goods-related inflation that we've seen, spikes in the prices of uh, used cars, uh, new cars, aluminum, copper, lumber, those sorts of things, they seem to have rolled over to some degree, but are still at much higher levels than they were a year ago. And just the last point I want to get to, of course, is that Fed Chair Powell did speak this week, and uh, he did say something that you know we've thought before, but he actually articulated. Yeah, he, on Thursday afternoon, um, after market close, he said something that you would have thought might have triggered a sell-off on Friday, but the fact that we rallied on this, I thought, was sort of positive. I mean, he basically said that inflation is just too high here in the United States. He said that their tools for taming inflation are focused only on demand, but supply is a big part of the story, and I think that's one of the reasons the Fed held to that transitory argument for so long. They thought those supply chain bottlenecks would resolve themselves and lead to peak inflation. It just took longer than the Fed expected, and now they've got a tougher fight. They have a tougher fight for sure, and I certainly am not letting them off the hot seat. But if you're hearing this, Danny, and you're listening to the show, there are things that you can do to mitigate some of this pain, and now is the time to do it. Every week on the show, besides this analysis from Dave and Derek, we feature various team members who share their knowledge ranging from financial to tax to estate planning. If you're a client, you know this firsthand. If you're not and you're seeking that kind of service, partnership, and stewardship of your money and looking for a partner to guide you onto the path to the retirement you desire, our website, open right now. AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, May 15th. Quick break. We're going to be back on 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. We're back. Quick reminder, our website, AnnexWealth.com. Bunch of stuff there. You can sign up for the Axiom, which is our free weekly newsletter. You don't have to be a client for that. It arrives every single Sunday. Also, subscribe to our Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. Lots of great Annex-produced content focused on you. You can search by topics. There are over 1,400 videos. Derek Felsky in the studio. He's our Chief Investment Officer. Dave Spano, President CEO at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, Danny. Of course, the market is trying to exhaust its selling pressure. In other words, it's trying to find a bottom. We're watching this very closely, but of course, the market is having a lot of anxiety, and we're also seeing that consumers are having a lot of anxiety as well. We saw a consumer confidence report on Friday, Derek. Right. It came in at 59.1, the Michigan Consumer Confidence Survey. That's the lowest it's been this cycle versus a 64 estimate. So the bottom line, while the Fed is aiming for that softest landing, we need the consumer to maintain a level of confidence. And certainly with a stock market that has declined six weeks in a row, uh, consumers are probably on edge, but we still believe they're in healthy shape at the moment. But there is this thing called the wealth effect. And that means if your stock market portfolio 
is up, if your value of your portfolio is up as well as the value of your real estate, you feel richer and therefore you go out and spend. And in this country, two-thirds of GDP is made up of consumer spending. But as I let off with, the market is experiencing a lot of anxiety. And of course, inflation is one of the top things. And we saw oil prices on Friday spike again. And of course, that comes out at the gas pump. Right. It, it hits consumers almost like a, a tax would. And the other thing about you, had, we had PPI and CPI this week. Both of them were a little bit better than the prior month, but still at very elevated levels, 8.3% in the case of the CPI and uh, roughly 10% on the PPI. Which and of again, course, PPI is the producer price index, which is input costs. Right. So there has been some moderation on the inflation front, but you know this is going to be slow progress until we see the, you know, the COVID shutdowns in China end, until we see perhaps a cessation of the Russia-Ukraine uh, war. Uh, there will be upward pressure on commodity prices to the degree that uh, those things continue. And again, and again, what I would suggest now, you know, when, we, when you see a fear and greed index at six, you really need to be selective about the types of companies you're looking to add to. And you want to nibble because at those levels of negativity, there are opportunities, but you want to avoid those areas where there still are excesses. For example, in the Russell 3000, there are currently 15.5% of those companies that trade at more than 10 times revenues. That compares with the peak of the tech bubble at 14.3. So that while many of these companies have been taken out and shot, you know, the SPACs and the other highly speculative companies we've talked about on this show, there still are excesses in the market. So you want to focus on companies that earn money and have free cash flow. Okay, but here's the flip side of that. Some companies got taken out and shot, as you said, that didn't deserve to be shot. And of course, there are companies that are trading really well, that have great PE ratios, have great earnings, have growing revenues, are paying dividends. I think that's the shopping list you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, as an example, and this isn't a recommendation, Apple finally entered bear market territory. It was the last of the FANG stocks to be 20% off its high. It trades at a much more reasonable valuation now than it did at the beginning of the year. Their most recent report was very strong, although they did mention that the COVID shutdowns in China will negatively affect their margins. And so you think about Apple, for example, and that is owned across everyone's 401k plans in mutual funds, in exchange-traded funds, and of course, directly in and the value of that stock really affects the index. And therefore, when that stock comes down like that, it brings everything down. So when it starts to stabilize, maybe the rest of the market will stabilize. We're certainly not calling that. And in fact, we put this chart together uh, in a speech you and I did earlier this week that shows as the V comes down, you may be adding to your portfolio on the way down. We don't know where the bottom is, but it's certainly trying to find a bottom right now. Here is the story, folks. You have to have a plan in place. And that plan on the investment side, Derek, starts with knowing what you own. Oh, absolutely. I mean, anytime we review a prospect's portfolios, we always do a, you know, a deep dive on how, how much overlap there is in their holdings. You know, are they overly concentrated in a particular sector or region or country? And oftentimes you find that these portfolios aren't very well diversified. And the key to surviving this type of volatility is they have some diversification. So if you didn't have any energy stocks in your portfolio this year, you've really had a tough time because energy is the one sector that is actually up for the year. If all you buy is tech stocks, it's great when they're going up, but it's awfully difficult when they go down because tech stocks are more volatile than the average stock. Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management, along with Dave Spano, our President and CEO, Comprehensive Wealth Management. Don't let that phrase intimidate you. It's meant to illustrate how wide and deep Annex is when it comes to investment and retirement planning. 
And folks, our clients come from every walk of life. Small business owners, executives, doctors, tradespeople, police, firefighters, teachers. We've got couples, singles, blended families. We've got millennials, Generation Xers, baby boomers, the greatest generation of all time as our clients. Nobody's the same. Nobody's plan is the same. That's the way we're going to treat you. Head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back, 92.5 Fox News. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. I'm Danny Clayton. Dave Spano is the president and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Yeah, Danny, it feels like the beating has stopped. You know, we have taken so many punches, sixth week in a row that we saw the index down. But here's the other side of that. We had a really strong day on Friday. I felt pretty good about how we ended. All of the sectors were in the green, and therefore it looks like we're trying to exhaust some of this selling pressure. Now is the time to go through and put your list together and say, you know, this is something that I like. And folks, don't just dive back in just to the tech stocks. You know, this inflation is going to be with us for some time. We have an election coming up at the end of this year. We still don't have any de-escalation quite yet in Russia. So there is a lot of fear out there, but the markets are starting to give you an entry point. Does the inflation have to peak before the market will reach its technical no, bottom? No, 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 no. But uh, you know, a lot of things that we're seeing, I think the market is going to have to start adjusting to a deeper and longer inflation than it had expected. You'll know, and we talked about this a lot on this show, is that we said this inflation was not transitory. We pounded the table on this point. Of course, the Federal Reserve finally admitted that, and now they're trying to adjust to it. And therefore, at some point, they're going to try to slow this down without breaking the economy. In other words, trying to slow it down without causing a recession. But here in Southwest Florida, you can see properties are continuing just to go through the roof. That is just an overwhelming demand. And of course, inflation is pushing the prices up. Still good time to be a real estate investor down here. And I've heard you say time and time again, there are still companies that are making money. Well, there's no question. You look at any company that is selling more stuff, and there's huge demand for so many products and services. It's Do you have enough people and have enough labor to get there? But if you are selling more widgets, whatever those widgets are, and from that point, you are creating more profitability, we can look at that and value that. And that's really what's an important point is what's the value we put on it? What's the value that the market's going to put on it? And that's the stuff that you want in your portfolio. And go through and know what you own, why you own it, and how much you're paying for it. You know, on the show, we kind of lay it all out. I mean, you can if you're a do-it-yourselfer, you can follow what we do. But at a certain point, there's so many steps because it's so very complex. Putting somebody like Annex Wealth Management on your side is a very wise move. What is it that we do? Investment and retirement planning, tax planning and estate planning. And it's a plan built for you and you alone by the entire Annex team. You've heard lots of them here on 92.5 Fox News. Most important part, we're a fee-only fiduciary. Take us up on the offer. AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. It's money talk. 
Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Like it or not, you are a media-consuming machine. Chased all day by headlines, texts, emails, on the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch. News about market volatility and uncertainty could lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise, Americans report increased stress about their investment and retirement plans. This isn't a time to be frozen in place. Take action. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side. Build a plan that will help cut through the noise. We'll provide comprehensive investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Let Annex do a deep dive on your portfolio. Offer unbiased advice with Wealthmetric and work to create a solid plan for you and your family. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button. It only takes a couple of minutes, in person or online. It's time to take action and know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? Our clients range from the greatest generation all the way to millennials. But each plan is unique because each client is unique, and we understand that. In this segment, we're going to concentrate on 30 and 40-somethings. To do that, we have a 30-something. Brandon Arps, Annex Ignite, right? Hey, Danny. Yep. Yeah, welcome back. Business Insider published an article that about three things that 30 and 40-somethings tend to forget when planning for retirement. And let's talk about it. The first point they make is that 30 and 40-somethings need to contribute to more than just their 401ks. Right, yeah. You know, the fact of the matter is diversification isn't only achieved in an investment portfolio. You want to have diversified money out there. That means bank accounts. That means non-retirement assets and non-retirement assets that you can actually put into the market. There's a common misconception out there that investing is only for 401ks. It's only for IRAs. Well, that's wrong. A lot of the folks that we help here, we help with individual accounts or joint accounts or trust accounts. Those are accounts that are above and beyond, you know, maybe that emergency savings that they have stashed at the bank that they're looking for more growth in, but they're still able to access those funds when they need them. I was guilty of that. I mean, in my 30s, I didn't know except to pile stuff into my 401k. I didn't know that there were other avenues. Exactly. And, and you know, a lot of folks out there, they, they're still, in my age group, they're still building the emergency savings fund and that that's perfectly fine. But once you get to the point where you're starting to have a little bit too much come in, that's when we want to talk about what are your next goals? Of course, we have retirement down the line, but do we need to replace a vehicle in five years? Do we want to put a new roof on the house? We want to move. That's a big one these days. So having the financial flexibility to access funds that are growing with the market penalty-free ahead of retirement is very important. How about the little secret weapon that's actually not so secret, but the HSA, the healthcare savings account, that thing is the bomb, isn't it? It is. Yeah, that's actually what I consider the number one tax shelter that exists today. Funds go in tax-free, they grow tax-free, and so long as you use them on qualified medical expenses it's tax-free on the way out. Above and beyond that, in some cases, you can invest a portion of that account so you can see significant growth if you're talking about a time span of 20, 30 years. And the fact of the matter, Danny, everyone's going to have health care expenses in the future. Oh, believe it. You get a couple of kids in, you know, and all of a sudden they're playing hockey or lacrosse <laughs> or something or dance or anything. One broken leg, oh, yeah. that HSA is going to come in pretty handy. Oh, yeah. We were talking about the things that 30 and 40-somethings will miss or might miss when planning for retirement. And we were talking about this tax implications for contributions. That's a big thing. It is. Benjamin Franklin said the only certainties in life are death and taxes. So with retirement contributions, it's important to remember that Uncle Sam is going to get his piece of the pie at one point or the other, right? So it's important to plan when and how much 
he can get. You know, many folks I work with have pre-tax, have their Roth assets, which will allow them to effectively manipulate their tax bracket in the future. If the income need for $100,000 and you've only got pre-tax assets in retirement, you have to pull $100,000 out of that account and your effective income for that year is $100,000. Now, if you go in with a couple different taxable buckets, Roth IRA, pre-tax account, you can effectively manipulate the amount of taxes that you'll pay. If you take 50 out of one, 50 out of the other, well, now you've just reduced your taxable income for that year in half. You mentioned Roths, and that is something that I would think that the Annex Ignite team would alert our clients to and guide them to that if it works. Yeah, absolutely. And that's actually the second best tax shelter that exists out there, in my opinion, today. Having the Roth IRA tax-free growth, tax-free on the way out, no required minimum distributions. It's even an account that we talk to people that are a little bit further down the uh, the timeline about Roth conversions because it is just such a, a very unique account to have. Things that 30 and 40-somethings might miss when retirement planning. The next is something I can confirm. Your goals and values are going to change over time. And Brandon, you can say, okay, boomer, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, when it comes to retirement planning, it's a simple fact is life does change. It evolves and and it does that over time. Another certainty is that everything will change. We're kind of existing in our little bubble right here today and many folks aren't thinking about what it's going to look like in 10, 15, or 20 years. So priorities evolve, healthcare changes, interests, values, marriages, all of those things tend to change. And, and it's important to stay in front of and have some financial flexibility with you know the decisions that will ultimately come in, in the next few years. Brandon, we are always ready to be a strong fee-only fiduciary partner when it comes to investment and retirement planning, and Annex Ignite is a solid choice for somebody who wants to put things in the right order with efficiency. That's right. Yeah, so we we built Annex Ignite specifically for folks that are in the accumulation stage of their their life stage. So basically, you know, just starting out at a job, or maybe they've been there growing a family, you know, folks that are basically in the 30, 40 year, year range who are accumulating, and they're beginning to get to a point where they're complexity of their financial plan is getting a little bit out of whack or maybe over their head or maybe they just haven't realized. Gets to the next level, exactly. right? Get a ne- pro in. It's it's next level financial planning is, is what it is. And what we do here on the Ignite team is we want to identify what goals are important to you now and what kind of gaps that might exist within your current financial plan so that we can put you on a path to financial success and financial um, independence in the future, considering all of the goals that you have in mind. I love when I see clients come in and they've got a couple children in tow. That means that they're doing something that's fantastic. Brandon Arps, Wealth Manager with Annex at Night. Thanks for your time today. You're welcome, Danny. Thanks for having me. Sure, there are market updates, but learn something new and interesting with the Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. We'll go beyond the usual topics and dig in deep on developing and breaking stories. Catch them all on Spotify. Search Know the Difference Minute from Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? There's filing your taxes, then there's tax planning. One you do in mid-April, the other is somewhat a year-round task, and it's something we do for clients of Annex Wealth Management as part of Comprehensive Wealth Management. Joining me to talk about tax planning is Mark Stry, CFP and Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome. Thank you, Danny. True or false, you've reviewed hundreds and hundreds of tax documents. True. Every day, our planning team and I work through something tax-related. And I guess it starts with understanding the difference between tax prep and tax planning. Tax preparation is done before you file your taxes. Primary purpose of tax prep services is to complete and file the necessary forms during tax season to comply with the state and federal laws. By nature, tax preparation is backward looking as you're recording income that you've already earned 
or financial events that have already taken place, like the sale of a home or business. Tax planning, on the other hand, is a comprehensive year-round process that looks ahead to understand what we can do this year to optimize and take advantages with opportunities in the tax code. From a tax planning standpoint, it can be as simple as, should I be contributing pre-tax or to Roth? Let's walk through the process, see what might turn up. Mark, you told me a good spot to start with is to look up one's taxable income. That's box 15. Why is that? Taxable income is essentially your adjusted gross income minus your itemized or standard deduction. Looking at this is important because that number is what drives how much tax you will pay that year. If this number is really high, we might look for opportunities to lower it, like incorporating municipal bonds into taxable investment accounts. Or if it's very low, we might look for ways to increase it to maximize your capital gains at 0% or maybe do smaller Roth conversions. What can we learn from this year's taxes and help with planning? Next tip, did you take the standard deduction or itemize? Will that be the same in 2022? So it's very common to see individuals alternate tax years where they might have itemized in one or standard deduction in the other. There are some things that can change that. So one is your age. If you turn 65 in the year, it actually increases your standard deduction. Whether you paid or took out a mortgage. So if you paid it off or you took one out, that can determine whether you are going to be able to itemize that year, whether you paid your property taxes in the current year or after the first of the year, were there sizable changes in your charitable contributions? And in some cases, did your marital status change or did you lose a spouse and now having to file single? We're combing through this year's tax return to help down the line. Next up, do you have any lost carry forwards from 2021 into 2022? Whenever we talk about loss carry forwards and tax planning, it's always important to point out that you cannot report losses from an IRA, Roth IRA, or other retirement plan and receive a tax benefit from this. Harvesting losses are limited to non-retirement accounts like an individual or jointly held brokerage account or other investments purchased like an investment property held outside of a retirement account. I want to make it very clear that the type of account is really, really important here. So with that disclaimer out of the way, if you have losses in non-retirement assets from positions you've already sold or have unrealized losses in positions you have not yet sold, we can actually use these strategically to lower your income or by knowing that these exist, we can take gains or add additional income with little to no tax consequences. We're with Mark Stry, a CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. What can you learn from this year's tax return that can help you in planning? What's up next? W-2s. So looking at are you taking advantage of all the deductions and opportunities you have from your employer? The big one is your 401k. For 2022, if you are age 49 or younger, you can contribute $20,500 for this calendar year. If over age 50, that increases to $27,000. So looking at your W-2, you want to make sure that you look at those little codes and see how much you contributed and if there's opportunities to increase that for this coming year. Is the goal a big refund? From a planning standpoint, we try to get as close to break even as possible. When you get big refunds, you're essentially paying your taxes early and giving the government an interest-free loan until your taxes are filed. I would personally rather see individuals not pay in as much and save that money into an account where they can access it, get interest, maybe invest it, or put more into their 401k plan so that they can better accomplish their goals long-term. We're kind of talking at a higher level. I mean, there's so much complexity in tax planning. It's something we do every single week, every single day for our clients. Absolutely. So this is something that we do a lot of. We've got dedicated individuals on our team that can do both. Taxes is really what helps maximize 
And by understanding what levers we can pull this year, we can create a more efficient one from a tax standpoint long-term. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. Mark Stry, Wealth Manager, CFP at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Danny. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, May 15th. Quick break. We're going to be back on 92.5 Fox News. It starts with a call. With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference with the Annex Wealth Management. Time for Ask Annex. And as always, I know I say this every week, but you got a question for us, head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask tab. Joining us in the studio, Randy Winkler, CFP and a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Hello. Hey, Danny. And Sarah Kyle, a wealth manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back. Hey, Danny. Got some good ones. First one is from Don. With inflation, I'm seeing more about I-bonds. What do I need to know? Well, Don, with inflation at the top of mind these days, there's been a lot of talk about I bonds or inflation bonds. What do you need to know? Well, you can only buy about $10,000 worth of bonds annually. Keep in mind they're illiquid. They have a one-year lockup period and they have a five-year holding period. If you sell before five years, you will lose three months of the interest. So this is not something you want to use with your emergency funds. There's also a potential tax benefit if the bonds are used for a qualified higher education expense. And the life of the bond is 30 years. So there is a variable interest rate component to these bonds, and that rate is based on the semi-annual inflation rate. They reset the rate two times a year in May and October, and they just raised that rate to 9.62% just this past May 2nd. I think that's what's getting people's attention. They mm-hmm. hear that 9%, right? Correct, yeah. yeah. We've had a lot of questions on I-bonds recently, and we like them. There's a couple of interesting challenges there. You have to buy them directly from the treasury. We can't buy them for our clients. And some people are looking at them as, hey, I'm going to get out of the stock market and get into I-bonds. That's not what they should be used for. If you think of a the risk spectrum, you've got your cash on one side, you've got your stock market on the other. This falls more on the cash side. Nothing you have an immediate need for, as Sarah said, not your emergency fund, not something that you want to get some growth for and take advantage of the market's fluctuation. This could be for a portion of your money that you want to get a little better return on. Saskanix, next one's from Paula. When it comes to pensions, are there rules of thumb when considering single life benefits or joint and survivor benefits? As you know, I don't generally like rules of thumb, but with pensions, I'm going to take a step back. The first thing we look at is, is there a lump sum option to go with the pension? So that uh, the lump sum would be basically you're rolling over an account where the pension would be a um, income stream. So how we determine which one you take there is we calculate the payout ratio. So if we would invest the lump sum, what would we have to earn to match the pension? So if it's a very, very low payout ratio, we generally say, take the lump sum. We can beat that. If it's a higher payout ratio, we say, take the pension. We're not going to beat it. So in this case, we've determined that we're taking the pension. Then what is the survivor benefit we take? The closest we come to a rule of thumb is I'd say we'd like to go for maximizing family financial security. So in general, we might say, let's take a look at the 100% survivor benefit. Since you don't know what your expiration date or your spouse's is, 
you're prepared either way with the 100000 Your income is going to remain the same even when one of you passes. Now where it gets a little bit more interesting and planning gets involved, is there an age gap between the spouses? Are there other incomes? Are there tax considerations? How's the health of the pension holder? That's where we really factor in the decision to take a 50% survivor benefit, 75, zero. There's all sorts of options. It's Ask Annex. Got a question for us? You head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. Next up is from Stephen. I'm only in mutual funds or ETFs, and they seem to fit my needs. I hear and read so much about investors and individual stocks. What am I missing? Well, I don't think you're really missing anything. All three groups fall under equities. It's just a matter of what you choose in order to achieve that diversification. For smaller accounts, mutual funds and ETFs are a great way to diversify your portfolio because when you buy shares in those funds, you're buying a basket or a pool of individual stocks and really spreading your risk out over the number of stocks that particular fund owns. Could be 50 stocks, could be 500 stocks, depending on the fund. But for larger accounts, you're able to achieve that diversified portfolio with individual stocks because you have more capital to spread out over the multiple sectors. And at Annex, we use all three. We use ETFs and mutual funds, and depending on the account size, we will have an individual stock sleeve as well. And you were a trader for a long time, right? So your heart is kind of with stocks, individual stocks? Absolutely. It is. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is Sarah Kyle. Randy Winkler is joining us. Our last one is anonymous. And again, if you write us with Ask Annex and you contact us and you let us use it on the radio shows, that's no problem at all. And you don't want us to use your name, that's cool too. So this person is anonymous. Are people putting off retirement because of the recent stock market volatility? Probably. So I like this question because I think it gets to the heart of what we do here at Annex. We lead with financial planning. So we start with the financial plan. So if your financial plan said you could retire six months ago, you can still retire now. We do what's called a Monte Carlo analysis. We take a look at a thousand different lifetimes, randomly generating rates of return. Good years, bad years, flat years, great years, horrible years. It's all factored in and it gives you a percentage success. Let's say it's 90%. So if it was 90% when the market's up, it's 90% when the market's down. So you shouldn't be making your decision for your retirement goal based on what the market's doing. You should be making it based on the financial plan. So if the plan works, it works just as well now as it did then. The fact that most people don't have a financial plan, they are making that decision. And I think that that, this should be a case of maybe you need a financial plan if you're delaying retirement. It's all depending on your plan, like Randy said, but you know, just really take a look at that and see. One of the good things about retiring is when you retire, you don't need to take your whole portfolio out at once. It's an opportunity when this kind of thing happens as opposed to a threat. Sarah Kyle, Wealth Manager at Annex Wealth Management on Ask Annex. Thank you. You're welcome. Randy Winkler, CFP and a Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management. Thank you. Glad to be here. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're going to be right back on 92.5 Fox News. Inflation isn't going away anytime soon. As the cost of everything from food to vacations to your electric bill rises, you may wonder if your retirement plans are still on track. Annex Wealth Management can help. It starts at AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. From there, our in-house planning team will create your wealth metric, a snapshot of where you are and where you're headed. Wealth metric will help you understand the impact inflation may have on your plans. Get started today. Visit AnnexWealth.com. 
Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? We're going to talk about paying off a mortgage and why that makes sense and why it might not make sense. Joining me, Eric Strom, CFP and a financial planning manager at Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Danny. So the ballpark figure I've seen is about 64% of Americans owning a home. And owning a home typically means having a mortgage, and a mortgage is typically the largest debt a consumer will have. In your experience, is it a realistic goal to pay off a mortgage as soon as possible? I know that's a loaded question. Well, it's it comes down to those famous words in financial planning. It depends. Yep. Right. There's so many factors. How old are you? How much longer are you going to work? Where are interest rates? And many, many more factors as well. So our president and CEO, Dave Spano, will always talk about the head and the heart. I guess that gets the heart part, gets into the mental aspect of paying off a mortgage. But again, sometimes it depends. It might not make sense. But what about the heart part? The psychology aspect of this is crucial because many financial planners say, don't pay off a mortgage so you can invest and earn more than that, right? I mean, we've all heard that. But it's not that simple because for many people, Paying off their mortgage provides a huge sense of relief and a peace of mind, and you just can't ignore that factor. Maybe you wipe that debt. You do have a lot of cash flow freed up that can be deployed in other ways. That That's one financial aspect, right? Right. That's one of the financial aspects. And also another, your mortgage rate is likely pretty low. Another factor is the younger you are, the more you have compound interest and time on your side. So for a younger person, maybe it's contributing to that Roth IRA that might be an attractive alternative to paying down the mortgage. Here's another factor to consider. How far into the loan are you? Because remember, mortgage interest is weighted towards the front of the loan. So where you are in the loan is an important consideration. Another one, and this is a big one, if you were to pay it off, Danny, where would the money come from? Mm. There might be tax considerations to where you might pull that money to make a large payoff of your mortgage. So I was in my mid-30s, and I left a company and was involved in their company stock program and, and had, had a windfall, I guess I'd call mm-hmm. it. Without talking to a financial planner, I paid the mortgage off. And I still wonder if that would have been a good idea or a bad idea. But it, mentally, it was kind of nice to kind of clear my mind. I don't remember, but how many mortgages have prepayment penalties? Is that something people need to research? Yes, because... Some lenders do charge a prepayment penalty when some or all of your mortgage is paid off. And it's important to check the fine print of your mortgage just to make sure uh, whether or not you actually have that prepayment penalty. Annex Wealth Management, we work with a wide variety of clients in in various ages. Is there a rule of thumb about being mortgage-free at retirement? Does that matter? Well, I have to address the elephant in the room. It is very common to consider taking a large distribution from a pre-tax account, so an IRA or a retirement plan at work, in order to pay off your mortgage. That is incredibly common that people are considering that. But that decision could have significant, and I mean significant, tax ramifications. So it's incredibly important to make sure that wouldn't derail the success of your financial plan. That's something to think about. But if you set that issue aside, some planners say, you know, you asked about rule of thumbs, Danny. So some planners say, always pay off your mortgage by retirement, or maybe even before retirement. On the other extreme, some financial planners, including some very prominent ones, say hold a mortgage for your entire retirement, even deep into retirement. What's the true answer? I think that the actual answer is in between and does depend on your specific situation, all the various factors we're talking about today. Eric Strom is a CFP and a financial planning manager at Annex Wealth Management. Uh, This gets into those planning questions that we might get from clients. 
when we review assets, does having a 30-year or 15-year, does that make any difference? Do we, do we advise on that? It does make a difference because remember, mortgage interest is weighted towards the early years of the loan. So you want to know where you are in your loan. And even though you might have a 30-year or a 15-year fixed rate mortgage, did you know, Danny, that the average mortgage is held for significantly less than 10 years because mm. of refinancing or paying it off early? So yes, it does matter because that 15-year, although it has the higher payments, you've got generally making a lot more progress on paying down that balance. So that is an important consideration for sure. And then there's people that kind of shorten their mortgage just by paying extra toward the principal. Do we see that? Yeah. And for the right person in the right situation, extra principal payments can make sense. Because what you're doing when you do that is those extra principal payments are reducing the, mm-hmm. the balance. And then when the interest is calculated next month, it's lower. So, But you've got to weigh that decision against other options for allocating your dollars because it's not always the right choice. You, you kind of sort of got at it. And again, this is what the financial planning team does at Annex Wealth Management. But don't let getting that mortgage paid off make you forget about other goals that might be a little bit more important at credit card debt, student debt. Mm -hmm. You mentioned uh, IRAs of of various types, things like that. Yeah, it's important to consider the interest rate of the debt that you're considering paying off. High interest rate debt has to take a higher priority. If you've got a credit card at 18% interest, you've got to look at that first. But also, don't forget about retirement savings. The younger you are, the more time you have on your side to have that compound interest. Your money can grow and double and double again when you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s. But once you're in your 50s and beyond, it does become a viable option to talk with your financial planner about potentially paying down that mortgage a little more aggressively. For investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning, we do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Start the wealth metric process. Eric Strom, CFP and financial planning manager at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for jumping on. Thanks, Danny. Headlines, texts, emails, the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch. Seems like it never ends. Market volatility can lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise Americans report being stressed about their investment and retirement plans. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side for investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. We can review Know the Difference Minutes, planning topics, including investments, retirement, tax, and estate. It's all on the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. Just search Annex Wealth Management. We're back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News for Sunday the 15th. I'm Danny Clayton. Joining me in the studio, Brandon Lehman, Director of Branch Development at Annex Wealth Management. You were kind of glued to the Mark Stry segment earlier where we were talking about tax preparation versus tax planning. It was a great piece, and I love listening to it, but what I really want to draw out of that and kind of expand on is Mark talked a little bit about tax loss carry forge, right, and that whole concept there. But what I think is important and what people need to realize is harvesting losses, first and foremost, is not a bad thing, specifically as Mark talked about in those non-qualified accounts. But what's important is that it's not something as well that you do at the end of the year. I came into this industry many years ago, and it was always it's December. What do the losses look like? Let's harvest some. And and that's not how you want to take advantage of this. You want to look at it and say, where are the opportunities right now? We've had a rough year in the markets with the ups and the downs, a lot going on. There has been ideas consistently presented 
inside portfolios to go in and harvest some losses, take those, put those on the side, right? Because maybe you're not using them right now, but now you have them and they're there. Could I just jump in and translate? So harvesting losses is selling stocks that are down. Yes. It's kind of counterintuitive at first, but when you start thinking about it from a much wider picture from a grander scale. Okay, this is our tax plan. This is our financial plan. This is the estate plan. How does this all roll together? Well, here's an opportunity to take some losses, offset some gains because you've had a good run of it. So there are definitely gains inside of there to trim the portfolio, keep things balanced, and hopefully keep control of those taxes, as Mark talked about. This is kind of sort of a silver lining in an otherwise not great situation, right? Your stocks are down. It's exactly that. And I I vividly remember when some of this dawned on me, and it was Brexit way back when that occurred. I was talking to a portfolio manager at a company, and he goes, I asked, what are you doing today? And he goes, oh, man, we're harvesting losses. And he just looked at me and I was like, I just, I was floored at the concept of it. And he goes, you do this whenever the opportunity arises, you take advantage of it because you never know when it'll go away. Earlier, we talked about tax planning versus tax preparation. Tax preparation is what people feel is the obligation to do in April. However, tax planning is really where the magic happens. Yeah, it's all about taking advantage, reviewing, and constantly paying attention to the situation. And it's something we do for our clients all the time. All the time. Yeah, Mark said, we're doing it every single day. He said hundreds of times. And it's something that every single client of Annex Wealth Management has as part of that investment, retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. That's what we do as a fee-only fiduciary. If we can help... Head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Back in a bit on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Headlines, texts, emails, the TV, the computer, the phone, even your smartwatch. Seems like it never ends. Market volatility can lead to anxiety and planning paralysis. No surprise Americans report being stressed about their investment and retirement plans. Turn down the media roar. Dial up the planning. Put Annex Wealth Management on your side for investment and retirement guidance that includes tax and estate planning. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. Know the difference with a fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management? At the core, Annex Wealth Management is about investment and retirement planning. But once a proper plan is in place, you got a path forward. And then the fun stuff happens, like the joy of being a grandparent. Talk about that as Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Deanne. Hey, Danny. So I'm not a grandparent yet. <laughs> I know. Uh, you definitely are. <laughs> but I tell you, and you know this, grandparenting is just different. It's like being an aunt or an uncle. You can stir them up and give them back. But it's it's deeper. You might want to bless them in certain ways through a well-crafted financial plan. And that's what we're going to talk about. Deanne, if somebody wants to start out a grandchild on a say, a path to higher education, I'm going to guess the 529 is usually where they start. Yeah, so grandparent or parent, and that I can relate to. So, yeah, these are state-sponsored education savings plans. They're called 529 plans. Each state has them. And they have built-in tax benefits, kind of like a Roth, but for education instead of retirement. So you put in after-tax money, and the earnings grow, and they're pulled out income tax-free if they're used for higher education qualified expenses. And it's fairly liberal with a qualified expense. The law changed recently. Now you can make withdrawals for elementary through high school as well as college 
and beyond needs. At that college and beyond level, the funds can be used for tuition, room and board, fees, books, supplies, equipment. And using these funds for qualified expenses, remember, means no income taxes due on the earnings. Do you find or do you see that it's a lump sum contribution when the baby's born or do they do it throughout the years or a mix? I, I've seen people do a mix. This is an unusual year where you can actually bundle several years worth of deductions in a couple state plans and maximize the state income tax credit that you would get when you put into a plan. So that is worth looking into. Now, this is kind of old school, but have you seen clients open up something as simple as a savings account in a grandchild's name? Or, or is that like, that? that's my old generation? No, we still see that. However, there are a couple ways to do this. Opening up a savings in your own name, for example, like, let's say, and putting away with the purpose of assisting them at a later time for anything, car, house purchase, school. Doing it this way does not tie you to having to give it to the grandchild, however. And when you do, it would be considered a gift. So you would need to stay under the annual gifting limits or you just file that tax return. The other way to do it, if it's truly in the kiddo's name with the grandparent as the adult overseeing the child's money, you're actually establishing an UTMA, Unified Transfer to Minors, under the Unified Transfer to Minors Act. And remember, a person under majority age can't own their own financial assets outright. So you are kind of the caretaker of that money for them. Now, this money does become theirs at the age of majority if you set up that UTMA. And they can spend it then however they want. So there can be some considerations due Doing it this route if the grandchild is going to file a FAFSA for educational loans and grants as well. Consult a planner. Is that 18, age of majority? It depends on the state. Got it. I can't imagine an 18-year-old ever squandering money, but you know, <laughs> that's what the protection is for. How about just plain old financial gifts? Not like in the last year of my dad's life, he gave one of his grandchildren a car that he no longer drove, and the rest of his grandchildren got cash equivalents. Then we're talking about gift tax exclusions, things like that. Right. So for 2021, the annual gift tax exclusion is $15,000 per donor per recipient. So what that means is anyone can literally gift anyone up to $15,000 in assets a year free of federal gift taxes. Any value above that, and you file the form with your taxes accounting for your gift toward your lifetime exemption, but most likely no tax will be due. That exemption's really high. Dean Phillips is Director of Client Learning Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. I remember growing up in knowing trust fund kids. Um, I wasn't one, but I definitely knew trust fund kids. One thing grandparents need to avoid, I think everybody's gonna agree on this, is overspending. Mm -hmm. A good thing is great. Too much of a good thing is not. Yeah, you know, we always say, always put the oxygen mask on yourself first. And that means making sure that your retirement dollars are sufficient and your financial plan works well for you before you start aggressively gifting. When it gets down to it, many are going to suggest that grandparents spend on experiences over things. You, you take them to the Grand Canyon, you teach them how to fish, you show them how to sail, you know, things like that. That's more important, isn't it? It really, it it is. And this goes back to the individual values of each person. So as a planner, I often hear from grandparents, they want to take their kids to Disney or on a trip for a special birthday. And we build that into the financial plan. You're right, Danny. These are indeed great memories and a terrific way to have what we call a living legacy. So spending some future inheritance while living on these great memories with family. Sure, so much better. Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development, a CFP and a CDFA at Annex Wealth Management. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. It starts with a call. 
With one call, you can start seeing your future more clearly. If your financial picture is cloudy because you're getting conflicting tax, investment, and estate planning advice, help is a call or a click away. Annex Wealth Management's team works to get your investment plan in line with your tax plan and your estate plan. Build confidence with one team working to create one comprehensive plan as a fee-only fiduciary. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference? It's one team, one plan, one fee. We are back on Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. I'm Danny Clayton. Dirk Felsky, our chief investment officer in the studio. Dave Spano is our president and CEO. Thanks, Danny. You know, uh, we put together lots of charts, and you know, we send them out to our clients. But one of the great charts that we've been using over the last six months or so talks about the S&P 500's average performance during the midterm election years versus all other years. In other words, we are headed into a midterm election, and of course the president's party generally is under pressure, but this chart that you shows me really has been on track so far. Yeah, generally speaking, you start the year up on off on a fairly strong note into April, then you kind of churn between you know May and, and October right in front of the election, and, and that's really kind of what we're expecting, a lot of choppiness uh, between now and, say, October as we you know see the Fed proceed on their rate hike cycle and so on. And the average correction during a midterm election cycle on the S&P 500 is 17%, which is a little bit larger than the normal correction during a non-midterm election year of 14. So I would continue to expect uh, volatility going forward. Again, the patterns are always a little bit different, but ultimately things tend to resolve themselves positively because what often happens is we end up with gridlock, particularly in a case where, you know, the last seven out of the last eight elections, the midterms have flipped uh, the House and Senate against the party of the president. And that could result in people thinking, hey, maybe we're not going to have much in the way of tax hikes and so on. So, you know, you buckle your seatbelt. It's going to be a volatile summer. We expect that. The Fed is not suppressing volatility as in the past. And when the Fed is tightening, you've got to beware the Fed. That's one of the linchpins of investing. It's right. Don't fight the Fed, but be with the Fed, of course. And, you know, that chart that you put together shows between 60 and 75 percent of the time that the market ends up positive, especially when you take a starting point of where we are with the S&P 500 down between 15 to 20 percent. And the NASDAQ got down as much as 25 percent. If you closed your eyes and held your nose, there's probably stuff in here that you can buy. But more importantly, if you want to really be cerebral about it, you would go and start to look at valuations and trading. And that is exactly what we do, Derek. Oh, absolutely. I think you have to balance fundamentals and the way a stock is trading. Uh, take both into account. Obviously, the fundamentals win over the long haul, but in markets like this that are so volatile, technicals can also have a, a very important point. So you want to focus on key levels, like one level we've been focused on in the S&P is roughly 3,600 to 3,800, which would be a reasonable multiple of the estimates that we believe will happen over the coming uh, 18 months. Uh, but but at times like that, it's really hard to buy when things are cascading. But if you have a shopping list and you have planned ahead, just like you do a financial plan, you should also have an investment plan. And that's what we do here. And of course, that is really on point, Derek. Thank you. Is the financial plan is the roadmap. And if you haven't gone through that, folks, now is the time to do that. We talk a lot about investments, but investments are one of the tools that we use during the financial plan. The roadmap is more important, and the roadmap will get you through volatile times 
like this. If you haven't gone through it, we can have eight branches that you can go to. You can do it online, but go through the process. Even if you've done it before, now is the time to get a second look. Thank you, Dave. At Annex Wealth Management, there's no call before midnight to receive some sort of special offer. We're not going to guilt you. We're not going to harangue you. We're not going to bug you. If what you've heard today matches up with your needs, and especially if it matches up with how you want to be treated with your investment and retirement planning, we've made our case. Folks, at this point, it's up to you. And the offer stands. Head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. You click the Get Started button. Know the difference. That is our goal. And it can be yours as well. Remember, we're a fee-only fiduciary. This is Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show. Hope you can join us next Sunday at noon right here, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.